Keep to the roads and stay off the moors. Welcome everyone to Rebooted! The podcast where we are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to do it. This week we're talking about a cult horror classic to get October started off right. It's 1981's American Werewolf in London starring David Noddington, Griffin Dune, Jenny Augeter? I'm pretty sure you've pronounced every person's name wrong. <laughs> <to this point. laughs> I know. David Naughton. Griffin Dune. Done. <sighs> Griffin Dunn. Jenny a gutter? The best guess, yeah. And John Woodvine. That one I nailed. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Uh, great. Good job. Okay, so you watched uh, this movie today, and you said, and I quote, holy shit, is this movie bad? Like, real bad. What do you have to say No, for no, you? no. What do you have to say for no, yourself? No, you read the tweet. I watched a werewolf in Paris today. The horrible oh. sequel to this movie. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I misread. I, I got just upset immediately. I was like, Brian, how dare you? <laughs> David, you're hurting my feelings. Hurting your feelings? Has it occurred to you that it might be unsettling to see you rise from the grave to visit me? Sorry to be upsetting you, David, but I had to come. Now, I'm really sorry to be upsetting you, but... I have to warn you. Warn me? We were attacked by a werewolf. I'm not listening to this. On the moors, we were attacked by a lycanthrope, a werewolf. I was murdered, an unnatural death. And now I walk the earth in limbo until the werewolf's curse is lifted. Shut up. The wolf's bloodline must be severed. The last remaining werewolf must be destroyed. It's you, David. I know we kind of both wanted to include the uh, John Landis stamp of cautionary tales here, but um, mm -hmm. I thought this was really fun. Um, and I really want, I don't know why. I just, I don't think we have done a werewolf movie. So I was no. really like jonesing to do. Are you big, big, to do one. Big werewolf fan? Big fan of werewolves? I am a big, I guess I am a big werewolf fan. I don't know what, like, here's the other thing, like, uh, here comes the Dark Universe talk, but it's like, <laughs> there were a lot of great classic monster through lines through this movie mm -hmm. that I really enjoyed, and, I, and I'm and i sort of wondering, like, how the new Wolfman might, um, I don't know if you can steal from yourself or not, but it's like, how would they interpret, like, a more modern werewolf movie? So I thought that maybe we should just kind of get in there first before they before they come out with their... 2021 werewolf movie right. and just sort of see what what an updated werewolf movie might look like especially one that's like a weird mash of genres of like teen comedy and like romance and you know mixed and I mean, with a fucking werewolf full disclosure someone is remaking this movie someone i mean robert kirkman maybe you also found an article that said that country singer Sturgill Simpson is writing <laughs> yeah. is writing a version of this movie. I don't know. I don't know. But um yeah, it definitely I mean it's definitely sorry. a classic and it will be remade at some point. But this is uh, a great yeah, movie. Yeah, Max Landis, Max Landis had a version written. He like submitted a, a draft of his 
to like remake his dad's movie and then immediately got canceled. Ser- so like serious question. So serious question. So as we all know, director John Landis, let's not uh-huh. cut let's not cut around any corners. He is thoroughly guilty of negligent homicide. People died yes. on his movie set and he should have been held accountable. We all know a this. child. A child died a child. because of a helicopter accident. A child was like decapitated. <laughs> Let's not get graphic, but he was decapitated. So yes. John Landis, terrible things have happened in his career, but also his son, Max, possibly the worst thing. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> Um, I'm just realizing that we haven't introduced this podcast, so it's wildly confusing to anyone who's joining us today for the for very the first, first time. time. I Generally, don't, I don't think Ken so. Ken and I like to just take huge digs at celebrity fucking royalty. Yeah, welcome to Rebooted, a movie reboot podcast where I, Brian Flynn, and my co-host Kenneth Trent will talk about a classic Hollywood movie as if it was to be remade today. Um, and it's October, so we're going to take a great Halloween movie and talk about all the fun, scary, scaries that this uh, Halloween season brings. Mm-hmm. Um, it sucks that Halloween's on a Saturday this year. Why? What a waste of a Saturday. What a waste of a Saturday what? Halloween. Well, Because we're all inside. I mean, that, yes, that is true. But here's the thing. Not- Halloween is a state of mind. Get dressed up for yourself. Even if you have to stay inside your house. Come on. Let Halloween... <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. Let Halloween come from you, not happen to you. Do you know what I'm saying? I agree. I'm doing a full like horror movie um, like marathon this weekend. So I- I'm definitely going to get in the mood. Yeah, I'm trying to, be great. to fill <clears throat> October with um, my favorite horror movies, which is stressful because I like a lot of horror movies. You do like a lot of horror movies. But it's okay. It's okay. Um well, before we get into our remaking of An American Werewolf in London, we have a couple of reboot news uh, items to hit. Uh, I'll just start with the first one on the docket, Resident Evil reboot starring Kaya Skoladaro, Robbie Amell, Hannah John Kamen, Neil McDonough, and more to star in Origin Story Adaptation. I should be faster on the trigger with this. Uh, from Deadline, Constantin Film has set in motion a new adaptation to add the ever-expanding Resident Evil movie franchise. Constant, Constant, Constantin, it's not Constantine because there's no E at the end. Okay. Constantin and writer-director Johannes Roberts uh, said Tuesday that they have conceived an official origin story adaptation with faithful ties to Capcom's classic survival horror games. The story is set in 1998 on a fateful night in Raccoon City. Uh, isn't Raccoon City the name of another video game franchise city? Is it Sonic? Uh, Mega Man? I don't know. Anyways, uh, starting in the roles of the right. I thought it was. It sounds familiar. Let me. How about you look it up? Uh, starring in the roles of the iconic game characters will be Maze Runner's Kaya Skoladaro as Claire Redfield, alongside Hannah John Kamen as Jill Valentine, Robbie Amell as Chris Redford, Tom Hooper. As Albert Wesker, Avon Yegoya. Uh, Ye- uh, oh! As Leon S. Kennedy and Neil McDonough as William Birkin. I don't know who any of these characters yeah. are. I know who all of these actors are. Um, I have to admit, I've never seen a single Resident Evil. So this is. Uh, 
This is. I have seen. I guess great, but they've made like nine of I them. I have right? seen the first one. I can't say I remember all that much about it, but yeah, there's like seventy five of them. So Kaya Skoladario is playing um, Mia Jovovich's role, basically, like the origin of that character. I, I guess. I guess what what hard hitting. <laughs> <laughs> this, would be, yeah, this would be great if we knew more about what was happening but of resident what's evil. weird is that like the last resident evil movie came out what maybe two years ago maybe 10 years ago in raccoon city there was an outbreak it spread across the world within days one way or another our world is coming to an end the question is will we end with it is now the time where we do this thing where I say something like, why are we doing this? And then in my head it explodes because it's like, why is any of this happening? Why do we have this podcast? Why, why, do, why do we look at, why do we look into any of this? It's all just gonna, of course they're, of course they're rebooting it. Of course they are. Yeah. I'll say this. Like I, I, it's very strange. I won't say that this is an A-list cast, but this is a really good cast. Yes. Like, I feel like. I don't know. Maybe this is just my opinion, but like Hannah John Kamen, that to me is a get. Like that's yeah. like a. This movie feels like it has a budget. Like it, they really are gonna put a lot into it. it. It just sort of felt like the other Resident Evil sort of has like diminished over the years. Like, and maybe this is in my head. Like, did it start with like a blue tint and then end on a red tint? Like, did they just make a movie for every tint of color so that they could have these like washed out sort of color palette movies does this any of this make yes. sense i'm pretty okay. sure it's all shot with a red tint because it's the end of the world but also it's one of... why are we digging into this do we know anything about resident <laughs> evil <laughs> i don't know we'll just end with this um with this is from uh <clears throat> the director Quote, with this movie, I really wanted to go back to the original first two games and recreate the terrifying visceral experience I had when I first played them, whilst at the same time telling a grounded human story about a small dying American town that feels both relatable and relevant to today's audiences. That's what we definitely want, my dude, is to feel the world crumbling around small America, uh, yeah, you know, middle Grounded, America. relatable. <laughs> I don't know. Weird. It's, it's literally weird 2020 in the movie. Science fiction. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> what we're not living. Moving on to a Latinx centric reboot of Father of the Bride is in development. Um, this Warner Brothers has hired Matt Lopez to write this script, making it the third iteration of a laugh out loud romantic comedy. We know who starred in the first one Steve Martin. Diane Keaton, Martin Short, B.D. Wong, George Newbern, Kimberly Williams Paisley, Kieran Culkin. We love to see them. According to Collider, the latest film will tell the story of a father coming to terms with his daughter's upcoming wedding through the guise of multiple relationships within a big, sprawling Cuban-American family. It's also been said that the Latinx version will lean more into the romantic comedy angle than past spins on the concept. Okay. So it's essentially going to be, it sounds like the same movie, but different culture we're landing it in. Could be really fun. I really like Father of the Bride. I'm I'm into this. Yeah, I, I'm feeling like it's going to be like Crazy Rich Cubans, like uh, the oh, rom-com set at a wedding. 
Um, what's weird about this is like this news dropped a few weeks ago, maybe a week ago, but it dropped on the same day that the original cast did like a Zoom reunion faux third sequel. Did you watch it? I watched like the first eight minutes of it and then with anything that tries to do like a Zoom thing, I'm like, I fucking hate this. I can't watch this. But um, It was cute. It was cute. They got fucking uh, Florence Pugh and uh, what's his name from uh, Evan Hansen? Ben Platt. Uh, ben Platt, which is a weird plot point from the original that I totally forgot, which is that the Steve Martin's daughter who got married mm-hmm. in the first movie has a baby the same time Steve Martin and his wife played by Diane Keaton, uh, also have a baby. Yes. So that these two, essentially, the granddaughter and her uncle are the same age. They're born mm-hmm. on the same day. Yes. And they're played by Ben Platt and Florence Pugh. And it's super weird. I think when I let, I stopped watching because it felt like there was maybe some weird sexual... Oh. Obviously, it wasn't there because it's a <laughs> it's a PG like franchise. But she, Florence Pugh set a line where she was like, she was like, sorry about what happened last night. And I was like, that's that's too much for me. I don't want these two hanging out at night. They should only see each other. And cr- they're too beautiful to fucking not they, have sex to with each other. They were, f- <laughs> did you just say, <laughs> to not have sex to each other? <laughs> I said with each other, but to each other is also pretty bad. Don't have sex to anyone, guys. Let that be the lesson to you. But no, it was just weird. They they fell asleep on FaceTime. They were FaceTiming. Hey, what's hey. up, guys? I was just Hi. getting on. Hi, Nanny. Hi, Georgie. Hi, Mom. Hi, Annie. Are you good? You look good. Mom, we talked two hours ago. I know, but I couldn't see you then. Well, I'm still good. Maggie, mm-hmm. I am very sorry about last night. Yeah, me too. Guys, we were FaceTiming, and he fell asleep while we were talking. <laughs> okay, well, it was it was one in the morning, so. My apologies. Yeah, but what were they talking about? Anything. What do you talk about with your cousins? I, I text them. I don't FaceTime them. I'm just like, <laughs> or I tweet at them. I just, like, I don't, like when I FaceTime with my cousins, it's so that their kids can say hi to me on like their birthday. I don't, I'm not hanging out. Happy <clears throat> birthday, kids. Happy your birthday, gi- kids. Did your you, gift you, is you get to say hi to Uncle Brian. Did you get the the $50 bills and pack of cigarettes that I sent you? <laughs> okay. Are we are we watching this? Yes, yes. I think we are watching this. I'm 100% for any rom-com you put in front of me. Oh, wow. I don't think I yeah. knew this about you. You're a big rom-com head. Oh, really? Big rom-com guy. I would say that I haven't watched like a ton of the new rom-coms because they just don't look that great, but... Mm. If it wasn't quarantine times, I definitely like would be watching so many more rom coms with like friends and just like seeing how seeing how they hold up. What did I watch recently? I felt like I just watched a a Netflix rom com recently that I thought was pretty okay. Oh no, I'm thinking Yanola Holmes. I watched Yanola Holmes, which oh, is was also good? kind of it was better than I expected and wanted it to be. Mm. But like Henry Cavill is Sherlock Holmes. So weird. You're like, come on, man. This Con- is controversial thing. I don't know if I've talked about this. I don't like Henry Cavill as an actor. But you like him as a face. No. And a see, and a body. No, 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 no. <laughs> see, I feel like people really I, I, I hate 
I feel like my goal on this podcast is to start feuds that these actors will never know about. But I think the thing is, is that people freak out about him. Like he is the hottest thing they've ever seen. Personally, I don't get it. Like, I think he looks the part of Superman, but he is not a charismatic watch. I, I can see that. He's a little wooden, which is why like. And he's. Which is why people, why I think The Witcher is great, but it's also why I couldn't watch a single frame of it. Which because it's like, what is happening here? And I watched every episode of The Mandalorian, and that guy wears a bucket <laughs> on his head. You Listen, know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. But here's the thing: Pedro Pascal has charisma <clears throat> oozing from his pores. Henry Cavill could never. But yeah, I'm a big. I'll, I'll watch pretty much any rom com. I feel like I just watched one. What's oh, your favorite well. rom com? Ooh, uh, this is a deep cut, but my favorite rom-com might be The Baxter, which is like a David Wayne, Michael Showalter, like spoof of rom-coms that in itself, it's like a meta commentary on Mm -hmm. the rom-com structure, which actually makes like for the best rom-com. Like Peter Dinklage is in it, Michelle Williams is in it, Elizabeth Banks is in it, Justin Thoreau is in it, Paul Rudd is in it. That's probably my favorite one. But like in the classic sense, I think I want to say Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We have not done that, right? No. No. No, we have not. Should we? Do you want to throw out this werewolf movie? (laughs) (laughs) No, let's talk about werewolves. All right, guys, this is a reboot of an American werewolf in London. David? This is Harry Berman and his fiancée, Judith Browns. Hello. Hello. And these gentlemen are Alf, Ted, and Joseph. Can't say we're pleased to meet you, Mr. Kessler. What shall I do? Suicide. You must take your own life. That's easy for you to say you're, you're already dead. No, David. Harry and I and everyone you murder are not dead. The undead. Why are you doing this to me? Because this must be stopped. How shall I do it? Sleeping pills. Not sure enough. I could hang myself. No. No, if you did it wrong, it could be painful. You'd choke to death. So what? Let him choke. Do you mind? The man's a friend of mine. Well, he ain't no friend to me. An American Werewolf in London. It's directed by John Landis. Director of such movies as Blues Brothers and Animal House. Um... Sort of a comedy movie legend in his own right who definitely, definitely was responsible for the deaths of a couple people. Um, Just want to remind you guys of that. Uh, Stars David Naughton as David Kessler, Griffin Dunn as Jake Goodman, Jenny Agutter as Nurse Alex Price, and Jod Woodvine as Dr. J.S. Hirsch. Yeah, again, I really like this movie. I I think it was actually kind of hard trying to think of like what... Like, I I think maybe because uh, I really wanted to try and make, like, this crazy mind-bending twist on this werewolf movie for 2020. But the more I stretched it in one direction, it kind of fell apart. Um, mm-hmm. So it always sort of came back to this sort of classic monster movie, which generally... Uh, and not always, but they always tend to work best as, like, romance movies. Like, there's a monster and someone is accursed with this quality and but they also have fallen in love with 
the like prime victim for them to like murder mm, right mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that sort of binary i thought like that i i really enjoyed that and i sort of was like i don't think you want to lose that right like am i wrong do you think do you think this movie should go in a, in a different direction? That's just what I thought. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think in general, I love it when stories try to veer away from a love story as the B story, because there's just so many other, there's so many other rich qualities to life. But, um, and I feel like what I, part of what makes, which technically we should say this movie is labeled as a horror comedy in quotes it's supposed to be a little insane at points but the my favorite thing about this movie is that like there's the horror at the beginning of their attacked and jack dies and david is in the hospital but from the moment we enter the hospital everything else is like hot nurse nurses like <laughs> commenting on the fact that she knows david's jewish like doctor is attuned to all of this next thing you know she's watching him sleep they go home together world's longest sex scene she goes to work he kills a bunch of people oh my gosh i love you they've known each other for 48 hours <laughs> it, and so it, it, that's part yeah. of the joy of it i think it really did feel at times like that classic like National Lampoon. Like it, it was like edging on a Mad Magazine at some point. And I think something about like the late 70s, early 80s, like kind of like raunchy teen comedy mixed with like myth mythical horror genre it, it was really funny. Like even the beginning parts, which I thought was like my favorite part where it's just David and Jake wandering through the highlands of Scotland. Uh, was it Scotland or Wales? Where were they? Scotland, right? Or was it still England? I don't know the geography of where they... I don't they... know, actually. I thought it was Scotland. I could be wrong. But, um, and they're, I like, wandering through... it's just, through... like, northern England. Yeah. They're wandering through this, like, very small, sleepy town. And just, like, their banter of two, like, American backpackers trying to just, like, get to, like, their next hostel was so funny. Like jake blaming everything on david for not going to rome where it's like sunny and beautiful and, and full of like women apparently there was going to be a woman there that they know you think she'll meet me in rome i think debbie klein's a mediocre person with a good body there's nothing mediocre about debbie klein's body <laughs> she's a jerk <laughs> what are you worried about debbie klein for anyway you know there's gonna be plenty of girls on this trip yeah, we're off to a great start. No, they played great friends. And I think that's what makes the beginning of the movie so much fun. Like, their back and forth is very natural. We get it that they, like, they poke fun at each other, but they're looking out for each other. Which is what makes Jack actually getting attacked so funny, is that David takes off and then stops himself and is like, uh, okay, I should go back. <laughs> You know, I, I watched that and I was like, you know what? I hate David now. But then what, like, I was thinking about it and I was like, anyone would do that. Like, if this giant beast came out and just like, a, like, even if it wasn't like this crazy mythical creature, if it was like a lion attacked your friend and you were three feet away, you would run. And so I, I do think that it's like funny that he 
like when he turns around it's like too late and that like both of them kind of get like juped at the same time because it's like david falls down and jake goes to help him up he's like you're right there and then like immediately like out of the frame comes the the werewolf and then they do it twice <laughs> they're just like yes this Listen. is always how you're gonna get attacked by a werewolf is off screen something's just gonna like <laughs> if it ain't broke don't fix it yeah um yeah so um that's sort of where my mind was where it's just like i you, you know i think this movie you don't really want to stretch the genres too much but like you do want to make it a little more modern like in my mind i was thinking that like the romance between alex and david needs to be like you said a little bit more than the 48 hours that she like nurses over. like i just don't think that florence nightingale angle works at all so um I came up with sort of a, a more modern idea and this is how I'm going to segue into this cast a little bit, but like okay. a more modern idea of like, what is maybe a more um, grounded way for Alex and David to like meet and fall in love. And I mean, not in 2020 cause everyone's stuck inside, but it's just like, why don't you make them, why don't you make them, why don't you make Alex another traveler, like another backpacker and make this about like that gap year between when college ends and real life begins right and so mm -hmm. it's like these two cosmic happenstances happen at the same time uh you know as like a young person like two roads open up in front of you and on one hand there's this person who could be the person for you and on the other hand you're now like a cursed werewolf and like trying to make those two roads converge is sort of the struggle of the movie um basically it's sort of like before sunrise meets the wolfman which is what i think the sequel to this movie tried to do and failed miserably even okay. though it still had julie delpy in it <laughs> does that make sense okay 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 anyways um so i'm just gonna say who i picked for david and i promise i didn't pick this actor to be ironic uh, but I think for David, you need a charming leading man who can bring humor and pathos to the story. But I ended up picking Nat Wolf, uh, okay. very famous. <laughs> I think he was a Disney star or Nickelodeon star with his brother yeah. and then was in like Paper Towns. He was in a bunch of bad Netflix shows. But like um, he's starting to like veer more into more like serious dramatic roles. Mm -hmm. um, I think his brother has made a lot better career choices, but I think if he did more, I think if I think this might be something that could help him bring bring him more into like a forefront of like people of like the movie's zeitgeist, if that makes sense. Like, I think everyone thinks of his brother and they're like, oh, yeah, the hereditary guy, the Jumanji guy. He's great. Like, I think his brother is equally as talented. I just don't know why he's doing Death Note on Netflix, but right. Yeah, no, this, I mean, definitely feels specific, but also that's great marketing to be able to say, to say I mean, part, we got a real wolf. Part of me is hoping that you did cast his brother as Jack and we're getting a, a wolf, a reunion. A wolf brothers wolf movie. A, a Nat and Alex reunion. I went through a couple of actors for David because it's hard because like David's funny 
Like, mm-hmm. but he's not, he's not like an insane comedic presence. I don't know. It's it's just someone that's like, who do you want to watch perform the horror of turning into a monster, but also the ridiculousness of the whole concept? Like, yes. that's really hard. Because like initially, who did they want to be in this movie? It was like Dan Aykroyd and... Belushi? Someone. It yes. was like Belushi after Blues Brothers. Yes. And it was one of those things where like reading that, I'm like, okay, I get where they're coming from, but also different kind of comedy. And so you need someone who has the sort of like subtle realness to make you laugh at something that is actually terrifying and also to make it terrifying when it needs to be terrifying. David, stop! I'm going to the police. Jack was right. Jack is dead! Jack is dead and six people are dead. There's going to be a full moon tonight. I'm going to the cops. David, please be rational. Let's go to Dr. Hirsch. Yeah, be rational, sure. I'm a fucking werewolf, for Christ's sake. So I think that was a great choice. For my David, I decided to cast a woman. You're not responding at all. Um... (laughs) Here's the thing. It's a it's a good idea. I I thought about it for for a while, but then I watched American Werewolf in Paris, and they just like ruined the entire con. Like Julie Delpy deserves so much better than that movie. Mm-hmm. Anyways, continue. But I think on the whole, as an idea, it is more interesting to me in 2020 to see a movie that because it is. I feel like the wolf, the werewolf genre, has been so centered on men. And I get the, like, I don't know, weird allegory there, I guess. But, like, I think it's way more interesting, given the cast I've put together, to see these people try to do this. Yeah. Maybe. Um, so for my David, whoever, I don't know, is could you use David as a woman's name, too? Why not? We can do anything we want. I picked Tessa Thompson. Oh, I, I love Tessa Thompson. How, I like, she's like 32. Yes. Not that, here's the thing. Not that it matters. <laughs> men play like decades younger than they are all the time. But I feel like now we're like, hey, you know, I don't know. It's one of these things where it's like, hey, maybe we should get people their age to play their age. But then also it's like, that really limits you for what you can play as you age out of that age grade. I don't know what I'm talking about, but okay. I think Tessa I Thompson. think the I think the appeal of Tessa is that I like her as, and this is sort of the way I see the characters. I like her as more of a straight person to the fact that Jack is this like otherworldly comic relief. Like when he shows up, it's gruesome, but it's also like funny he brings comedy into the situation in a much more like direct way not just in david being like i think i'm losing my mind and people laughing at him for some reason um so yeah i think this works as her being the werewolf the serious one the one that is more like something's wrong with me i need to figure out what it is and then to place her into like comedic moments i think there's something there i really like her as an actress i wish she wasn't 
Did you see Men in Black International? Yes, I did. I did too. I wish they gave her something different to play. Overall, I don't think that movie was horrifically bad. I don't think it was the best it could be. No, yeah, I think you're right. I think, it, but it was like they gave her like the bookish role, and I was like, she could be, she could be a lot more. But anyways, okay, great pick. I love, I love Tessa Thompson, and I also just realized. Apod- apologies to our listeners. I have been calling Griffin Dunn's character Jake because I've been, I wrote it as Jake. It's definitely Jack. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Have Have uh, you been doing that? I think I have because it was written as Jake in front of me. So I'm like Ron Burgundy. I'm like Ron Burgundy. If you just put it in front of me, I read it. But I'm Ron well, Burgundy because <laughs> I clearly can't read any names. Uh, okay, so you want to move on to Jack, played by Griffin Dune? Done. Love. Done. Done L- <laughs> <laughs> again. Love. It looks like Dune. <laughs> it looks like Dune. Dune. Um, love Griffin Dunn in this movie. Moment one, you like these characters. They're great friends. And then every time he shows up subsequently, it's a, it's a laugh riot. He's clawed to death in the hospital, and we are laughing right along with him as he's like, David! (laughs) And then he shows up more decrepit in the house, and we're like so glad to see him. You've got to believe me, David. Believe what? That tomorrow night, beneath the full moon, I'll sprout hair and fangs and eat people? Bullshit. Oh, God damn it, David, please believe me. You'll kill and make others like me. I'm not having a nice time here. Then one of my favorite, like, movie moments probably of all time is the effect of the skeleton him in the movie theater. Because it's so good. Um, I just, I just genuinely, I love, I love their friendship. And I love how much fun he is to watch. So for me, this was where I feel like you had to have a very specific kind of actor to play this part. Someone who could be funny, but also that sort of like, well, it's like, it's, it is like black comedy. Like it's, he's dead and he's still like, he's joking about the fact that the woman he wanted to sleep with fell into the arms of another man after his funeral. Like this is what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. So I picked for my Jack, Aya Cash. I know her. Oh, uh, you're the worst. Yes, and the and boys. The boys. Yes. yes. And as of recently, I watched Scare Me, which is a Shutter original. I don't know who has Shutter out there, but it was a great movie. She's super funny, but also very good in it. Um, yeah, I think I just because I just recently started watching The Boys, and I'm rolling right on through season two. I didn't see her in You're the Worst. But I am falling in love with her because I think she does have this very specific kind of comedic sensibility that would be so fun to watch haunt our real life person around London. Yeah, she's really like, well, like in her in her as her character for like, you're the worst. It's like it's a mix of like wildly cutting humor, both also being like self-deprecating, which I think works like perfectly for this. And it's like. You can, I can definitely see her just like appearing in the room and just like really terrorizing your David as just like, thanks so much. 
for <laughs> all of this. Like it's, I think that's a like pretty great choice for this kind of role. I kind of weirdly thought about Jack a little differently, but not not so differently because I think you're right. Like he's the character that we really we like him a lot, and I just kept thinking he's like we want to pick an actor that like. Uh, like I w originally was thinking, like, oh, I'll pick an actor against type. Like he'll be like this big, muscly, bound, like, kind of more, like, more dashing version. But I was like, I don't know. I think what's more Whoa. important is that, like, because I thought that would be funny. Is like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But like, I it think would be funny now that I'm thinking about it. But at first, I was like, wow. <laughs> Anyways, but I was just sort of think like something against that like best friend type role which mm -hmm. is usually more like meek and like slight which i just i'm like that's so stupid um but i realized what's most important is like we have to like jack mm -hmm. and we have to like him a lot so when he dies and comes back you're actually rooting for him over than david because it's like david's fuck up has cost jack his immortal life um also i got really upset when i realized that tom cruise's mummy just basically stole this straight uh, this whole storyline just straight up with jake johnson oh yeah yeah i was like yeah. fuck that now now i'm totally in your camp like fuck that movie <laughs> like what a you fucking mo the most unoriginal i mean i thought it was fine until they get to that weird like Brian. russell crowe mm -mm. anyways it's just like now i realize there's not an original bone in that movie's body um no uh Anyways, so I ended up picking Tony Revolori um, because I think this I think he's so funny. And he's he's really that, funny. And he's someone that we want to see rescued from the, the world of the undead. It's like, and not in like a pity way, in just like, a, like, this is your buddy. Like, this is like, I could just see these two people have like, being like roommates in college, like, you know, going to the same parties, like talking about like a future, like what they're going to do. And then it's suddenly one of them is dead. And he's just like, my whole life is gone. And all you, the only thing you can do to help me, which I think is a great sort of story plot point, is for David to die. Listen to me. Nurse! The supernatural, <laughs> the power of darkness, it's all true. The undead surround me. Have you ever talked to a corpse? It's boring. I'm lonely. Take your life, David. Kill yourself. Before you kill others. Solid choice. Really Thank solid you. choice. Because I think you're right. There is something. Ultimately, it has, like, the whole thing has to culminate to him being like, okay, listen, you have to kill yourself. But we don't, like, it's not coming from a dark place. Like, it's literally coming from like a, hey, you want to help me and all these people you killed and yourself? You need to die. And I can see him, like, delivering that in a way. I can also see them being, like, buds. Good, best buds. Right. You could see them being, like, the kind of guys who are, like... Let's go to Europe together before, like, after graduation, before we have to start our, like, jobs or whatever. And then, I don't know. To me, it just felt natural. But. Yeah. Oh, no. All right. You want to move on to Nurse Alex Price, played by Jenny Agutter? I hope to God I'm pronouncing her name right. Yeah. I don't know about that one. A-G-U-T-T-E-R. It looks like a gutter. Maybe it's Agutter. 
So again, I threw out the Florence Nightingale angle and wanted to make Alex like a traveler in her own right. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know what's funny is like, I really wanted to make this actress as like international as possible. But you know what's harder than finding up and coming American actors? Up and coming international actors. It's so fucking mm -hmm. hard. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I like this actress from a couple i really only seen her in like one thing and she was really great but she's gonna be in this other like teen coming of age movie i don't know she surprised me as someone who had like a really great range for someone like i don't know pretty people that have range definitely belong on screen that's why they're <laughs> actors her yes. being beautiful has nothing to do with her range but anyways um i picked kristen forseth because she's really charming at her age and she really kind of gives me the vibes of like someone that like a guy like David would see abroad and want to like sort of approach and follow and see like, especially in this version of like, you know, if they run into other sort of travelers and like their romance begins before David and Jack run into the werewolf. I sort of see that as like maybe a better way to get Alex involved where it's like he meets Alex at like some pub. They, they have like instant chemistry and then suddenly David and Jack have to leave and then they're attacked and Jack is killed and David wakes up in the hospital and he's like completely discombobulated. But then for some kismet reason, he runs into Alex again and it's like, oh, all his troubles sort of wash away because like he can pick up the threads of this relationship. Oops, but it also sucks because he's a fucking werewolf and he has to die. Um, and I guess she's like her parents are Norwegian or something. So I was just like kind of stretching. <laughs> no, I definitely think that's an interesting angle to take. Know what I've no realized in this last week? Anytime a writer says that's interesting, it means they hate the pitch and we define something else. Like I keep pitching stuff to my boss and one of my bosses like bless him. He's just like, oh, it's interesting. I'm like, oh, he hates it. I got to figure <laughs> something else out. It's I'm trying I feel like I'm trying to poke holes in it almost because I'm like I don't know maybe it's not like maybe of someone they meet on their travels like would not stick around if stuff went down in the North England countryside like maybe that's but I don't know there is also this weird thing of like if there is some sort of connection between them let's say he does wake up in a hospital and is like my friend is dead and like this girl is there kind of like committed to just like making sure everyone's okay. And then it's like, they, f they fall more in love. Like, yeah. Okay. 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 I don't think I pitched it right. Cause I, I'm sort of, I'm not saying that she's at the slaughtered lamb, which is a great name for a pub. And I don't think any movie since quarantine started has made me miss pubs more than the slaughtered lamb. But, um, all, all those friendly faces. <laughs> Look at that. It's a five-pointed star. Well, maybe the owners are from Texas. <laughs> Remember the Alamo. I beg your pardon? Oh, he was just joking. Joking? I remember the Alamo. I saw it once in London, in Leicester Square. She means in the cinema, that film with John Wayne. Right, with Lawrence Harvey, and everybody dies in it. It's very bloody. Bloody awful, if you ask me. <laughs> But it's sort of just like before everything goes down in that like weird haunted town, yes. he meets her at like a train station or there's like just some sort of yes. like glancing moment and then everything goes down 
And then when he wakes up in the hospital, she's not his like nurse who's like right feeding him, literally feeding him back to health. It's more of just like it's just it's just like the randomness of the universe that they keep bumping into each other, which is yes. a very rom com kind of thing. Um, <laughs> no, I think you did pitch it accurately. I mean, I was oh, okay. maybe expanding on it in a way that was not accurate to your original pitch. Maybe we just don't know how to hear each other. But I do think what you're saying is correct. Like, it would be an interesting take on more interesting than the nurse, like, taking pity. Because here's the thing. There are lots of times where Alex is like, well, she says this in two different ways in the movie. She says she finds him very attractive, but a little bit sad. And so I'm like, what's happening here? Like, <laughs> is this is this something you do? Like, are you known for taking patients home because you feel sorry for them? Like, Well, then they she's... immediately have sex after she says that. For and then like she's... hours. <laughs> for hours. <laughs> it is... And they, I read this in the trivia. They actually cut down the sex scene. That is a cut down version of that scene. It was like I don't understand long. it. And that was the I don't understand version. it. But like she's like he's saying things like I don't know maybe I'm crazy I don't know what's happening with me and she's just like ha 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 I find you so attractive and yet also very sad like. Who is this woman? I would much rather her be like, I don't know, like I was just drawn to you and now I'm concerned because your friend died and here we are again in London. Did you ever see the wolf man? Is that the one with Oliver Reed? No, the old one. Mm -mm, I, I don't think so. Bella Lugosi bites Lon Chaney Jr. and he turns into a werewolf. <laughs> Why are you telling me this? No, listen. Claude Rains is Lon Chaney's father, and he ends up killing him. So? Well, I think that a werewolf can only be killed by someone who loves him. What are you talking about? I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm torn between feeling very sorry for you and finding you terribly attractive. Yeah, and like there's a commonality if they're both people, like if it's not she's his nurse, but they're both people like on in that window of life where they're just trying to like discover themselves or like see the world before life sort of like sets around them. I think that opens up the reasoning why they would fall for each other so quickly mm -hmm. as opposed to like oh, I feel sad for you and I want to take care of you like a little baby bird. Oops, you're a werewolf and I'm dead. Like, uh, which isn't, she doesn't die. But like. She doesn't die, except <clears throat> in the dream with the Nazi werewolves. That was awesome. Like, that was so cool. I was like, why is there, first of all, I was bummed it was a dream. <laughs> and I know that there's plenty of Nazi werewolves out movies out there, but I was like, I wanted them to be real and then i don't know it got really crazy i love you it. were like i love the direction this movie is taking but and then, then yeah but then nothing. in the sequel they actually do have like weird nazi werewolves and it's terrible it's so bad <laughs> like in general don't don't do the nazi twist okay. um unless you're what was that movie called dead snow yeah the nazi zombie nazi movie zombies 
Good. Classic. Okay. For my Alex, I saw this a little differently, but I also did not like the idea of, of the Florence Nightingale. Sit- like, I didn't love the like, let me help you back mm-hmm. into the world. So here's what I thought. What if Alex was like a very sort of posh professor type mm-hmm. who gets sort of brought into this because... Is this Dr. the mummy? Hirsch. No. <laughs> Is this Rachel Vice from the Mummy? No, 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 no. Di- well, different. Because here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Here's the thing you need. We have the people at the Slaughtered Lamb who are just like, yeah, werewolves exist, but we're not telling anybody about it because we don't want to be held responsible for it. That's essentially how Dr. Hirsch finds out that all of this is real. But it might be interesting if the doctor is like, hmm, very strange things are happening. Here's this person who has some questions about what's going on with you. And then there's a relationship that forms out of like, Alex is like studying this scenario and like trying to help it, trying to help this person. But do you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. It's not quite the mummy. It's mummy esque. Uh, at this point, everything in my life is mummy esque. <laughs> okay. I'm okay with that. So pick? I picked for my Alex, Josh O'Connor, who most people, if you watch The Crown, probably know him from The Crown because um, he played Prince Charles in The Crown. Uh, but yeah. he is really good and. Kind of just getting started in what I think will be a pretty solid career. He's in the non-singing Les Mis. I feel like I've seen him somewhere, though. The non-singing Les Mis. Oh, he was in Emma, too. Gosh. Oh, Emma. I really liked it. Did you not like Emma? I didn't love Emma. Oh. You know why? I, I don't know. Maybe because okay. I, I saw it on the heels of Little Women, and I just thought Little Women did... I just thought Little Women was a little a little better. Um, I did see him. I mean, though. yes, but also very different. I see him as a very sort of like, he's not a working class guy necessarily, but he is sort of a posher, like well-educated being brought into this like, the doctor's got a crazy idea. Yeah. Maybe this isn't what we think it is. And he gets caught up in all of this mess with them. All right, let's move on to Dr. <laughs> J.S. Hirsch, played by John Woodbine. Um, not the best role, I feel like. It, it, it very much felt like I'm here to tell you exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe you at first, but I, as the clue, he's sort of like, well, I kind of wrote it as this. It's sort of like the de facto Van Helsing, but just not trying to kill the monster. He's just trying to figure right. out what's happening. Nasty business with those two young American boys, wasn't it? I don't know what you mean, sir. Yes, I'm sure I'm right. A few weeks back, last full moon, wasn't it? I mean, the escaped lunatic, the one who killed the boy. A thousand thanks, madam. There we are. Well, that was round here, wasn't it? But also not really, because at first he's just kind of like, meh. I know. He's he, just like, like everyone else, is like... Doesn't believe him. He, even though this is such 
an insane detail in the movie that like right before uh, the guys from Scotland Yard come in, he's like talking to his assistant and is like, no, if this person calls me again, I'm not here. And then in the middle of the meeting, the guy calls him and he's like, tell him I'm not in. Tell him I'm dead. (laughs) I loved that. That was funny. Um, And then the cop who just keeps like bumbling through his office is so funny. I mean. What is this movie? <laughs> I don't know. It's really like a hodgepodge that like shouldn't work, but it kind of does work. It's stuff like that you forget about a movie that you're like, oh yeah, I I'm not sure what's happening here. Whose turn is it? Mine or yours? I think it's yours. Is it? Sure. Yeah. Um. So for my Doctor Hirsch, I kind of swung for the fences on this casting, but I wanted someone who I think could play maybe a sort of zanier version of the doctor mm-hmm. and make them like like they just buy into what's happening a little quicker so that it's not part of the story that they're just like I'm not like no I kind of want them to try to be convincing other people that this is what's happening so it's just not a series of people trying to be convinced that a werewolf exists somebody has to believe that there are werewolves in this movie so I think it should be Dr. Hirsch I picked Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, that's cool. I like that. You know what's funny? I just rewatched. Uh, <laughs> no, she's not in Sleepy Hollow. She's in Yanola Holmes. It all comes back full circle. She's oh. in Yanola Holmes. Um, yeah, I, I think that's way better than the person I picked. <laughs> um, Who I did know. you pick? Okay, I'm going to tell you who I picked, but I don't know why, but I couldn't get at my head that, like, Dr. Hirsch was maybe more of, um, and because maybe uh, John Woodvine plays it as such, like, a straight man the whole time. He's just like, I have a patient. He's involved with this murder case. None of the facts, like, are adding up. He goes to investigate, like... It, it really felt more like someone who had to be more grounded than, say, of the other characters who are, like, young, funny teens. Um, and, God, I, I butchered names all night. I'm going to nail this. Uh, I picked She Will Tell a Geofor. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, and I don't know why. I, I mean, I think he's a fucking great actor and i do think you want like an a plus actor in this role because like there's a lot of heavy lifting for dr hirsch to be the one who's like because he even has that scene where he's like i do think david is a werewolf but i don't think Mm -hmm. he's like transforming into a werewolf but there might be some psychological reasonings i think he's a danger to himself i think this whole town up north is like completely bonkers cuckoo but enough to make me start to believe that these things that they're telling me are beyond the realm of science. And I think you need a really great actor to say those lines and make and make it all work. David has suffered a severe trauma. I myself witnessed some form of mass neurosis in East Proctor. If all the villagers believe that Jack Goodman was killed by a werewolf, why shouldn't David? And then it follows that if he survived an attack by a werewolf, wouldn't he himself become a werewolf at the next full moon? So it's yes. not like the because like Helena Bonham Carter is great and she can be like uh, fucking Bellatrix Lestrange, like, oh, or she could be pretty down the road, like in the crown, like pretty like dramatic and um, 
I almost said laced up. Laced up isn't, but like serious and uh, yeah. authoritative. So um, I kind of like both our picks, but anywho. I think we made two very different movies that both work. I agree. I think we need more werewolf movies. That's for sure. Um, yeah, it's kind of considering how crazy we are for like vampire movies and like zombie movies. Yeah, I don't really understand why there haven't been more. I think the rules of werewolves are a lot popular. Yeah, I think the rules of werewolves are harder because they only come out at full moons. Like that's every what forty mm -hmm. days. Like every werewolf movie would take place over like seven months. Like it's it's yeah, I don't know, but I think we do need more. Um, what about a werewolf movie that takes place on another planet? And that planet has full moons all the time. Every four days, there's a full moon. I love it. I yeah. think that's great. Cool. Um, let's get to our most important actor, Barry Pepper. Guys, where does Barry Pepper go? Kind of a weird what? movie to cast Barry in because everyone's British except the two main characters. But where'd you put him? Listen, I think... I think we just gotta. I think we just gotta trust that he's got an accent in him somewhere. I made him the chess player in the Slaughtered Lamb. So did I. <laughs> wow, the buildup. <laughs> I mean, this has got to be it. He's the one with the. He's the one with all the personality. He's the one with the most screen time outside these four. So. Yes, yeah. for sure. I mean, you could make him like the businessman who gets killed in the tube station. Okay, you could make him, I don't know, the, the dart player who like gives it up. Okay. Or gives up like what's actually happening. You can make him like the driver, the sheep farmer. Okay, I think it's like the chess player. <laughs> the chess player is the guy that's keeping the truth from getting out. Like that's a much meatier role for all old deep pets. Yeah. He's the, yeah, he's the guy who's saying let him go. <laughs> yeah. I love the bartender though too. Like that whole dynamic of like it's murder and they don't go, they don't go and finally they go and it's too late. I would watch a whole movie but about also, that town. But also they did say stay on the roads and they just very much didn't stay on the road. Here's the They went into the moor. Oh yeah, they totally just biffed that one. But here's another here's a weird logic thing that I didn't get. They know their werewolves are out there, but they don't know who the werewolves are. Like, shouldn't they, if it's just this small town, shouldn't they know who the werewolf is right. and lock them up for when they become a werewolf? Um, yeah, if they don't know who it is, <clears throat> then yes. But then also, they fairly easily find it and kill it when it's attacking them. And it's just like, don't you know the story? Like... Just ki kill David while you're at it. I like, know. End the line. Just put two in his head and then the whole thing is over. And then you don't have anything to worry about. Yeah. We, yeah, we should have... We, before we decide what kind of romance werewolf movie we're making, maybe we should have solved the logic problem of the, the fucking issues. townspeople not finishing the job. But this is where we find more story is that when they start to investigate like 
this the david is like why didn't they just kill me like why don't they just get rid of it and then they find out that like the town is somehow they like need the werewolves and they're using them in some way and something's like calling him back to that like let's get into it what we don't need is 30 minutes of nazi werewolf (laughs) dreams we just need more story (laughs) I, I'm just envisioning the scene where they're like, why did they kill me? And they're like, well, werewolves are very good for tourism. Like, people are snatching up mugs, <laughs> scarves, hats. They love, they can't get enough of werewolf stuff here. So the merchandising the sl- is through the roof. But yes. The slaughtered lamb would be empty. Yes. If we had no werewolves. Um, I don't have any other notes. Do you have any other notes? Um, here's the thing. David in general is doing really good for the fact that he just saw his friend get mauled to death and die. Like, yeah, he's dealing with a lot because he's a werewolf. But like overall, I mean, things are going pretty good for him. There's a hot nurse and he's like, this is what is he thinking? This is what Jack would have wanted. He's like, why is he he okay with it? I know he's kind of just like, look, pour one out for my bro, Jack sucks that he got he got got like he did i didn't do anything to help him in any way shape or form so but we're here in i europe. deserve this we're here in europe you know i'm 21 22 yeah i, I deserve this don't i deserve to live for him <laughs> why don't we just go home just go home man like get on a plane your friend's dead go home instead he's like here's the thing Another great movie idea, Werewolves on a Plane. That is a very good good, good movie. I, I unfortunately, having seen <laughs> Werewolves in Paris, they end up going to America as Werewolves in Paris. Oh my God. And that movie ends with them getting married and bungee jumping off the Statue of Liberty. So uh, we have to do that movie sometime. It's so bad. It's so wretched. Hmm. Oh, you're dead. I saw them pull you out of the canal. I love when a movie takes swings. I don't want to judge anybody for taking big swings. And I don't want to gloss past this pitch that you just threw out there. Werewolves on a plane like it wasn't no thing. Yeah. Yeah. You you kind of I was looking for a little more approval and you were like, yeah, I guess. Here's the thing, though. If there was a werewolf (laughs) on a plane. (laughs) Come on. And it's the pilot. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Werewolf would be the name of this movie. So they can't kill it because it has to fly the plane, but they have to kill it because it's the werewolf. Okay. Uh, Would you remake this movie? Uh, Yeah, I think I definitely would. Yeah, I I think so too. I think there's a lot here. And I think that's why it's taken so long because I think people... You could take it in so many different ways like that we just, you know, illustrated on this podcast. But I think it's I think it's a pretty fun concept, especially for like a a youth centered horror comedy. Yeah, I think it Mm. works. Yeah, I mean, I would probably take it away from that just because I don't know. Because you're tired of the youth. I, I, they have too much life left to live. <laughs> We're all on the back um, end. Okay. <laughs> With that wildly uplifting note, should we get out of here? Yeah. 
Uh, all right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us this episode on the on the boot. That's not what we're called anymore. We were called that. Shout out to the old podcast. Thanks so much for joining us on Rebooted. If you like this episode, please check out our past episodes. Please check out our next episode. We have a really great Halloween movie for you in a couple weeks. Uh, and I mean it literally. It is a Halloween movie. Um, yep. <laughs> tell your friends, tell your family, Kenna, where can the people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stop by and leave us a rating and a review. That is the best way to help us out and let people know about us. You can also find us now on Ko-fi, where you can go to make a very small donation to help us keep making this fine podcast. That link is in our description and all over Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, you can find us at RebootedPod on Twitter and Instagram. It's the same everywhere. It's so easy. Go and follow us. Okay, thank you so much, guys. We'll see you next time. Yeah, nobody can see what you just did on the video. I was like poorly <laughs> ASL translating it with my own sort of interpretive dance. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Bye. Naked American men stole my balloons. What?